On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm talking to Melissa Whaley. She is a tax advisor and a financial strategist and an owner at melissawhaley.com. And today we will talk about just that, about taxes. I know that January is almost over and so many of us are scrambling with our paperwork and trying to get our taxes together. Well, Melissa will help us get organized and make sure that we do everything correctly and not only for 2016 but also for 2017 because I'm already cringing and saving all my receipts in a folder and I'm just like is it really worth it and we'll find out if it really is necessary to keep all those receipts today again thank you so much for joining us I'm your host Vicky Lashenko and this is a show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mompreneurs thank you so much for joining us Hey, Melissa, welcome to the show. Hey, Vicki, I'm so excited to be here. Oh, honey, I'm so happy to have you here. I was uh, on a search for an incredible tax advisor, someone who is absolutely amazing, not only in what she does, but also in personality and in family culture. And I was like, oh my gosh, when when I asked in a group, everyone's like, Melissa, 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 everyone is screaming (laughs) your praises. And I'm just like, I got to get that girl on the show. So I appreciate you so much for coming on. I feel the love. Thank you. I love the Mompreneur Show. And I'm just so excited to be here today and to get to share a little bit and Give some tax love to all those mom bosses out there. (laughs) Thank you so much, Melissa. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. All right, so before we get into all that juicy tax stuff, I really want to hear your story because as mompreneurs, we all have stories. And I really want to encourage moms who are watching a replay who were at work while this was live. And I know there's so many professionals that are sitting at work at an eight to five job and they really want to break out and go free. And I'm really curious. I don't know know uh, the whole story of how you ended up being an entrepreneur, but I kind of have a feeling that that's what happened. And I just really, I know that your story will be such an encouragement to moms who are working, especially. Oh yeah. Thanks. Well, you know, what's funny is that, um, I kind of fell into my field by accident. So I did not have a degree in accounting or finance or business or anything like that. I was uh, had a nine-month-old, and my husband was in grad school, and I wow. needed a job. <laughs> wow. So I actually found a job that had paid training to become a tax preparer, and I was like, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> That's <laughs> so amazing. I, yeah, it, yeah, it was totally random. So I... I worked at a tax company for three tax seasons. It was seasonal at the time. So I had to work my tail off during tax season to um, just make ends meet and get those bills paid. And, you know, my mom and my husband was watching my daughter. I only had one at the time. And it was just insane. And I loved what I was doing. I just fell in love with the taxes and all the money stuff. Um, And I loved working, especially with small businesses that came into our office. Mm -hmm. But it was so time consuming and draining. And it was like really sad. You know, after a couple years, my daughter got older, I would come home and she'd be like, Mommy, where were you? And when is tax season over? It was such a bummer. So I finally, after three years working there, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I don't like the way that that particular company was running their business. Anyways, I didn't like the way that they forced 
me to treat my clients. And mm. so um, I, I just was like, I have to do this. I have to take the leap. <laughs> and so I didn't go back and I went out on my own and kind of like scraped by and figured out how to do it on my own versus being an employee. That was a a fun adventure. That's incredible. So how many years ago did you make that jump from? Uh, That jump, I left that in 2012. And then, um, yeah, so it's been a slow growth ever since. And then the last couple of years, once I kind of discovered more of the online business space, it just took off. And it's been so so much fun. Oh my goodness. I bet you have so many people that love you. So many clients that love working with you. And you know, one of the things that I think that as an entrepreneur, if you're just starting online, starting with services is, is amazing. It's like, I think the right, the right route to take because you, you're literally exchanging, not just your knowledge, but you're exchanging your expertise. You're doing something for someone. And that's how I got started too. And I think that's awesome. I highly encourage you to start uh, offering services online when you just start. So Melissa, I cannot even imagine what a huge impact you had on your family when you make that, made that jump and went into like to learn accounting and to start working in accounting, um, doing taxes. Like how yeah. like, did your husband soon finish grad school? Like how, how yeah. were your family dynamics then? <laughs> so he was able to finish school, which was awesome. So now he's a teacher Um, and he loves teaching, loves working with high school students and my daughter, oh my gosh, it was so adorable because she was in preschool at that time. And she, you know, when I told her like, no, mommy's not going to go work at the tax office anymore. Mommy's going to work at home. She lit up. Like she was so excited. She's like, my mommy stayed home with me. (laughs) That is so precious. And children really feel that they really feel that. And um, it, it depends on the personality. Some kids are more attached than others, but I feel like my kids, like every time I leave or like even just go out of town, they, they miss me so much. And I think that it's such a gift that we're giving our children by being home most of the time with them. Yeah, it was really neat. And you know, I mean, it, it's scary to make that jump yeah. when, you know, when you're at a, a job where you have a guaranteed paycheck, as long as you show up and work your hours, you know, you're guaranteed that paycheck. Yes. Jumping to being out on your own. It's a bit scary not knowing if like, are the clients going to come? Is the money going to be there? But um, it's definitely worthwhile. And especially like you said, like working with services and starting in that there's a lot lower investment to get started. Yes. So it, it makes a big difference. It, it was easier for me to start an online business and um, start to, and I, I worked with both local and online clients when I first got wow. started. You know, I was, I was working my network everywhere I could. So <laughs> Melissa, how did you get your first clients? I got my first clients actually because I had learned a program called Wave Accounting. Mm-hmm. And um, I used it for my own self and my husband because he was tutoring. So he had a side business. He was doing tutoring on the side while he was in grad school. So I found, yeah, I found Wave to help him. And I thought it was so great. And they had a, a pro directory where you could list yourself as a Wave Pro. And that way, users of the program could find you. And so, so I threw myself up there and was like, okay, well, let's see what happens. And someone locally found me. 
And then I just started teaching them how to use wave accounting and they recommended friends and it kind of just like spiraled from there. That's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about wave accounting? And the reason I'm asking is because I've never heard of wave accounting and I usually, I use FreshBooks, which I totally love, but then Mm -hmm. I know, um, QuickBooks and then there's like another one, but like tell why, why wave accounting? Uh, The reason I love wave is because it's actually free. So wow. it's completely free for anyone to use, and it is a full accounting program. So, you know, there's different programs out there, and a lot of them do different things. Um, and some of them don't necessarily track everything the way that an accountant would like it to be. <laughs> so we call it double entry system. Yes, uh, yes. Yes. So WAVE is a, a full accounting program. Like, it, it does all the things um, that any of the bigger like a QuickBooks or a Zero would do, but it is free. It's meant for the solopreneurs who are getting started and have been doing stuff on a spreadsheet or, you know, like you said, throwing their receipts in an envelope and then adding them up at the end of the month or end of the year. End of the year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I just love them. And yeah, it's, it's really a great tool for people who are just getting started and especially if they're doing services, but you can use it for products too. For products. Really, really cool. I'm curious what our listeners are um, using right now. So ladies, if you are um, watching us live, let me know in the comments below what uh, accounting software that you use. Uh, I would love to hear from you and um, maybe Melissa has a few words of uh, encouragement uh, on that. All right, Melissa, let's now jump into accounting because I really want to like dive in and organize my brain in accounting sense because literally I have been not looking forward to April the 15th <laughs> and my husband is very on top of things. So he's like, sweetheart, I will do the taxes. Just prepare all the business stuff for you. You know, you don't have to do work. I will do all the work. You just got to give me the documents. And I'm like sitting there chuckling. I'm like, I don't have to do the work. Really? That's, that's crazy. Like I have so much paperwork, so much emails, so much invoices to go through. Are you kidding me? Anyway, so, so please, um, tell us how do we, maybe let's start with, um, the very, very beginning, like when we open up a business, when we start using Wave or FreshBooks or QuickBooks, um, what do we need to begin with? And I'm sorry if I'm like putting you on the spotlight right now, because like I know we didn't talk about like specific questions that we're going to talk about, but like um, maybe what are are, like the first steps that one needs to do as far as maybe like keeping the receipts, logging them in? Oh yeah, you know, one of the things that I recommend early on, if you decide like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to have a business is open a separate bank account. That alone is going to make your life so much easier, just because you're not trying to sort through your personal bank account of like, was that business? Was that right? Personal, especially if you're doing like a Target or a Staples run, you're like, I have no idea whether that was diapers and crayons or whether that was all of my notebooks and office supplies. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. And thankfully, that's one of the first steps that I've done, which, you know, um, probably one of the very correct things that I've done in my business. Anyway, so what's next? Um, The next thing, so once you got that, you know, I... I recommend using an accounting software. Um, 
software, some kind of software, just because it makes your life easier. So now that there are so many options out there and they're different price points, right, to meet your different needs. So like I said, if you're like completely um, doing this from scratch and you don't have a lot of money to invest using something like Wave or even a spreadsheet on Google Sheets, like that's better than nothing. Or if you're ready to upgrade to something like a QuickBooks Online, um, all of the online tools are really helpful because now they connect with your bank account and they pull in all the transactions automatically for you. And you don't have to hand enter a bunch of data if you're using a program like that. So I find that it's a lot easier for people. It saves a lot of time and that just makes it nicer when you're you know, running your business and trying to do all the things and losing your mind. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because, you know, in business, oftentimes that, I mean, you know, you make investments, you make uh, maybe website website hosting investment and it's cheaper if you buy three years of hosting so you have this chunk of money there. And it's so important to keep that um, in check because at the end of the year, you can easily forget about that right off. And oh, yeah. So and things get totally lost. So I mean, even for me, like keeping track of receipts is really um, something that, you know, we stress out about and you're like, half my receipts are an email, half my receipts are paper, or like, I don't know what happened to that receipt. So I like to use a, a tool called If This Then That, which mm. is also free. And what I do is I, um, I keep all of my receipts in Evernote. So wow. I use Evernote to capture all my receipts and I you can either, I have a formula set up where if I tag it in my Gmail that it's a receipt, it'll automatically send it to Evernote. And it, and then when I'm out and about shopping, I have my phone on me, I have Evernote on my phone and I walk out of the store and I just like have programmed myself. It takes time, obviously, but so I pull out my receipt, I pull out my phone, and I snap it into Evernote. And then I know at, at minimum, at the end of the year, all of my receipts are in one place. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is genius. And I understand the habit part. Like, you really have to get into the habit of doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, that's, I think that's the hardest part for people. But um, it's, it's definitely, I, I cannot stress it enough how important it is to create the right habits in your business. I mean, in your life in general. And um, yeah, and that could just be a trigger. You walk out of the store and you record your receipt. Okay, yeah. so let's, let's talk about receipts. So, okay, you're saying that I have to keep, you have, you're saying that I have to keep all my receipts in one area. And so, okay, you guys, I have a big confession to make. Um, I, in the beginning of the year, I'm so good. I'm so good. I take a picture of all my receipts and I upload them into FreshBooks and I'm like, I'm doing this. That's it. This is the year when I'm going to be organized. And it's what January 23rd and I've already fallen off the wagon and, <laughs> and I'm thinking, do I really have to save all these receipts? Oh, I totally understand. Yeah, here's the thing about a receipt. And I mean, the reality is most of us are not going to get like audited by the IRS in our life, right? <laughs> the likelihood of that is not as high as some would think. Yeah. Um, but I'm more of the like better safe than sorry, because the reason that we keep receipts is to prove that it was a business expense, right? Because I mean, yeah, like when you're 
pulling stuff in from your bank account. Like even if you're using FreshBooks, you can connect that to your bank account and it'll pull in and show like, oh, this was Staples and this was ConvertKit and this, you know, all yeah. of those things, yeah. right? But um, if you actually did get audited, then the auditor would come and ask you like, I don't know what that is. I need to see the receipt that explains yes. the details, right? So, you know, there are certain things that are, more critical for receipts, especially yes. things like meals and entertainment mm. and travel, because those are going to, you know, you're going to actually have to tie that to a business purpose, not just like, oh, you know, I felt like going to Panera and I looked at my email. So that's a business expense, right? <laughs> okay, let's talk. That's a really, really good point that you made. So let's talk about the business expense as far as meals and entertainment. It's only you only get to write half of it off, right? Yeah, so what, how it works is that, uh, first of all, it has to be like an actual business purpose. So technically, like you working solo at Starbucks is not deductible, which stinks. But, <laughs> but if you're meeting clients, like taking them out to lunch, meeting them at a coffee shop, anything like that, where you can write down this client's name or this colleague's name, because it could be like a networking lunch or coffee, something like that. Okay. Um, you you take that receipt, you put it into your thing, but then at tax time, they reduce that deduction by half. So you only are actually going to deduct 50% of whatever that meal was. So if it's a $5 coffee and a stone, and you're going to actually write off two fifty. Okay, what if you're meeting someone online at Starbucks? <laughs> it's kind of a gray area, to be honest, and... I don't know. I still go back and forth sometimes. I tend to be a little more conservative, but yes. <laughs> well, no, it's you're right. It's better to be conservative than not. Okay, so yeah, I have a question about um, receipts. This is probably um, um, not for everyone. Like, not in every situation, and maybe it's because it's a corporation. But so I was helping um, a dear friend of mine, and they have this. Um, conference and um, I, she, you know, she was really pressed on time and she's like, "Hun, can you run to the store real quick and get these, pick up these gifts that I have for the guests? And here's a credit card. And so she gave me um, the business credit card and I ran to the store and I purchased the item, slide, slid my card, um, got the receipt and I was like, okay, I want to make sure I keep this receipt. It's a, it's a business tax write-off. And so like I put it in a baggie and then when we were like getting ready to leave, I noticed that the bag was by this stage and the gifts were not there. Obviously, the, every, everything was over, but the receipt was in the bag. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, oh, I got a tower. And I grabbed the bag with me and I was like, girl, the receipt is in. Uh, I have the receipt from the gifts that I purchased earlier. I just want to let you know. I'll just give them to you tomorrow. And she's like, oh, no, I don't need it. Just get rid of it. And I'm just like, what? What about for tax purposes? She's like, oh, we get a statement. It's good. All right. Yeah. Like, and so I was like, oh my gosh, I always wondered about that. So can you please <laughs> tell me like, how does that work? The statements and the tax write-off and versus receipts. You know, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier is that, you know, you will be able to see and record the expense, whether you have the receipt or not, but it's that extra layer of protection of saying like, this is actually what I bought and this is how I can prove it. Mm. So that's kind of, I mean, there are different, 
the thing about taxes, which is so crazy, is, you know, like, it's not so black and white like you would think. Like, if you asked three different tax preparers a question, they would probably give you three slightly different answers. Mm. So, especially when it comes to business deductions, because it is so gray. And, I mean, the tax code alone is, like, what could fill up an entire room with all the pages. It's just so crazy. So, yeah, I, I just try my best to keep all the receipts um, or at least, you know, snap a picture of them. Because you, once you have a digital version of a receipt, if you snap a picture into your FreshBooks or into Evernote yeah. on your phone, you can totally throw away the paper receipt. You're not required to keep it. Okay. All right. Cool. Thank you so much for mentioning that. I want to say hello to Rebecca. Honey, it's so good to see you here. Oh my goodness gracious. Renee, thank you so much. Renee says, I am so excited that you got someone from California. I need California tax help. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Renee, you will totally love Melissa. Well, you probably already do. Um, Wendy, thank you so much for joining us. Wendy's also a Californian, so that's awesome. Um, Olga, sweetheart, it's so good to see you here. Thank you so much. And um, I think I said hi to all the rest of you ladies. All right, so let's let's get into the let's get a little bit deeper into the accounting world. So um, you spoke, you talked about. I just want to make a quick um, kind of like a rundown what you were talking about. So when you start your business. Um, you want to make sure that one, you first open a bank account, um, that you keep your personal and business separate. Number two, you cre- either keep it in a spreadsheet, um, create a spreadsheet with all your, um, uh, what's the word? Income and expenses. <laughs> expenses, yes. And then, um, and then, well, it's better to obviously get some kind of software, which is free in most cases, like Wave, like Melissa mentioned, as well as, um, FreshBooks is free up to three clients. It depends on what, what you want to do. Now, I want to kind of go into the Etsy side of things because I know that you sell, uh, um, you help to, you help a lot of uh, moms um, with their Etsy bookkeeping, uh, with the sales that they can have coming in. How do you uh, manage that? So maybe for like a DIY who's not ready to hire a bookkeeper, um, what kind of um, steps that they need to take to to manage their own accounting right so for Etsy sellers they have kind of this added little bit of complication which is inventory right mm-hmm. they have to exactly track their sales track their expenses but then at the end of tax time they have to know how much stuff they have left over that they haven't sold exactly they bought some materials so um as far as keeping track of the actual sales and expenses QuickBooks Self-Employed this year released a partnership with Etsy. And so they connect directly with your Etsy shop. And I think right now they still have a special worth like five bucks a month for the self-employed version. And so it literally pulls all of your sales data from Etsy into their self-employed. And then it like pulls your Etsy fees. And the only thing you have to pay attention to on that side is your outside expenses so when you're actually buying your materials or paying for Facebook ads or, you know, anything like that. So yeah. it's pretty cool. And then the other side, I actually partner with um, another mompreneur. Her name's Janet LeBlanc, and she runs paperandspark.com. Oh, cool. And so she sells, like, inventory tracking spreadsheets, or if you're more of a, like, hands-on, do-it-yourself person, she sells uh, the whole, like, 
spreadsheet that you can track all your sales and expenses and has like a little training video. So it's really cool. Like her and I partnered together this year because I mean, she's got the Etsy thing down as far as all the tools. And then I help them kind of understand it better and do the tax side of it. That is so cool. I really like that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I had no idea that Etsy had their own, um, well, partnered up with QuickBooks. That is really, really cool. Really good news for those um, moms who are in the handmade community. Yeah, it's really awesome. And it like I was amazed because, you know, I used to always um, train people because Wave and Etsy kind of talk to each other. And I was training people on how to do it because, you know, most people who are starting Etsy shops, they're not, like, ready to jump in and spend a bunch of money on QuickBooks or anything like that. Exactly. Uh, but it just, the connection started to kind of break down and it got more and more complicated. So when the QuickBooks self-employed came out, it's so cool. So cool. Yeah. And I got, I got lucky enough that I was at the QuickBooks conference and got to meet the team that built the product and like the lady who codes it, you know, so if there's an error, I can technically email the computer coder to tell her to fix the code. That is incredible. Melissa, that's amazing. I love that you're not only doing this thing for your family, like contributing with finances and you're enjoying yourself, but you're also getting out there. I really like that. So Let's talk about that a little bit. I know we're kind of moving away from accounting, um, but ladies, if you have any accounting questions, please let me know so we can ask Melissa um, towards the end of the show. But um, so how do you manage going away from home to a conference and how do you pick what conference is right for you? So I just started doing in-person conferences this last year because I start, I, I'll admit it was totally like the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Like I saw all of, I, I kind of have like two groups of really good friends. I have like my accounting friends and we have all of our little accounting Facebook groups and hang out. And then I have like my online business friends and hanging out in those different Facebook groups. So I kind of saw both groups, like the in-person events started to really gain popularity again in the last couple of years. So the first two conferences I went to last year, now I have three kids now and my youngest is only six months old. So we actually, I decided like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And um, in September, he was, I think three and a half, maybe four, yeah, like three and a half months old. And I drove down to San Diego with my whole family and went to a conference and just brought them with me. <laughs> that is so precious. So, um, did your yeah. hubby go with you? Like, did you tag team? Yeah. So my hubby was there. And actually, my mom came, too, to be, like, extra support. So it was great because I was still nursing. And I was able to, like, we stayed in the hotel where the conference was at. So I was able to kind of, like, go upstairs and nurse them. And they were happy. And they, you know, went exploring. And the first one happened to be in San Diego. So, I mean, it's awesome. There's so many things to do. It was fun. Yeah. Legoland and all the zoos. Exactly. Just walking on the beach. So it was great because I was able to meet people face-to-face, network with people, like, both in my industry and just other business owners and have my family there. So it's a little bit more expensive when you do bring your entire family to a conference versus going by yourself. But you kind of are able to turn it into a family vacation. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Okay. So I want to talk about a little bit, just touch upon, I know this is not like a conferencing um, 
conference uh, chat here. But um, so when you go, like, for example, to a QuickBooks uh, conference, most I would say that's not really where your clients would be. Right. But that's where your partners would be. I really want to hear like strategically how you came up with that and like what how you made it happen, like how you followed up. Like that's so interesting to me. Yeah, so the QuickBooks Connect conference um, was in Northern California, and the reason I went to that was specifically to learn more about my own industry. So I was able to meet with vendors and you know companies that service my clients and learn how I can better service them. And you know they have like training and speakers, and and then it was just a lot of my accounting BFFs all hanging out having fun. <laughs> So it was really neat for that. The the big takeaway I got from that is that I learned deeper about the tools that I use and how I can implement them for my clients. So that was like the really cool thing about that. And then, you know, kind of getting to know certain people in my industry where we're referring to each other because like each of us kind of has our own niche. And rather than this whole like, oh no, they're my competition. Like we actually have really awesome relationships. And if it's, if somebody comes to me and is like, oh, yeah, um, I saw you or somebody said your name, but I have this kind of business. I can go, well, you know, I think that is so awesome, but I am not the person you want to talk to. But I'm going to send you over here to my other friend and she is going to rock your world. So. I love that. I love the relationship that you have created. And um, and I feel like going to a conference is like a almost like a three for one, you get a vacation, you get to learn and you get to hang out with your besties. And I feel like the icing on the top is also like partnerships. I feel like, um, and I don't know, I'm sure that's in your case. Like you're such a lovable, easy to talk to woman. You're amazing, Melissa. And I'm sure that so many people are like, oh my gosh, I want to, I want to like refer my clients to her or like, they're like a corporate client who has friends who are in the small business industry. Like, you know, I'm going to send them to her. So, um, I feel like that happens all the time, no matter where you go, if, even if you just meet people like at Lowe's um, who, who, start, who mix paint for you. I mean, in my case, <laughs> but that, that's another story for another day. All right, Melissa, we have a lot of questions for you from our amazing okay. mompreneurs listeners. So Ina asks, deduct 50% from your client's meal or from both of your meals? So both of, so it's the combined receipt. So whatever you buy, if you end up only buying for yourself, but you're still meeting a client, you can deduct 50% of that. Or if you buy for you and your client, which, you know, I always recommend, um, then you deduct 50% of the total receipt. So it'd be half of your meal, half of theirs, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. You know, I hope that answers your question, sweetheart. Uh, Okay, Olga asks, so Evernote is an app and the wave is wave.com. Is it wave.com? It's wave app. Dot com. Okay. So wave a p p s dot com. Or if you just Google Wave Accounting, you'll it'll pop up like right at the top. Okay. Yeah. So and Evernote is like the uh, an app that anyone can use. There's a free version, and you know it's for note taking for saving things. You could go down a whole rabbit hole on Evernote. I'm sure. Oh my gosh, a whole rabbit hole. Oh my goodness, <laughs> believe me. So Olga, um, 
Uh, to continue your question, I want to make sure so I can check it out. I know I don't keep all my receipts for business expenses or write down the mileage when traveling. Hubby is more organized. He uses online Excel, I believe. Thanks. Oh my gosh, let's talk about mileage. I know we're like totally like over our time. Yeah. But can we talk about mileage and like how in the world it works? I remember I used to um, do speaking engagements for for a subcontractor for like a, a state of Oregon. And I remember I drove a lot and that was tax deductible, but it was such a pain to always track all the mileage. So I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah. Miles is one of those like secret deductions that a lot of people don't know about or don't think about. Um, but if you do actually drive places for your business, it can add up really fast. So one of the things that is making it so much easier now is there are mileage tracking apps like mile IQ and you can literally just add it on your phone, turn it on, make sure you have all your locations and everything, and it will track every single trip you do, and you just tell it whether it was business or personal and can add, like, notes. So the main thing when you're tracking miles is that you're keeping track of um, where you went, like, why you went there, and then the, the number of miles. So usually you need to know what your starting mileage at the beginning of the year and your ending mileage at the end of the year because on your tax form it's not only going to ask you how much how many miles did you put on your car for business but how many miles did you put on your car total so that's the other thing that I always am not so good about (laughs) okay so that is really 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 interesting nobody tells you that like nobody yeah. told me that. I think my husband mentioned it and he's like, yeah, you have to like log in the exact mileage when you start. And, <laughs> and that never made sense to me. What if in the middle of the year I switched cars? You have to track it differently for different cars. So you tell it like you have to keep track of which car you drove. But do and you- I've done, yeah, I've done that before in the middle of the year. We like bought a different car and I was like, oh, crud, no. <laughs> So you just like practically just sign off at the, at the mileage amount that you sold it at. Yeah. So yeah, what you sold that at or just, I mean, kind of figure it out. A lot of people go off of like, if you go and pay, like if you go to the oil change place, every time you get your oil change on your little receipt, it'll say what your mileage was. So <laughs> that's great. But like my husband just changes our own oil because yeah, it's like that. So or like, um, uh, I guess I just gotta kind of keep a track. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is crazy. Okay, so, um, so it's not that I heard that you have to take it at every like beginning of like a trip and the end of the trip. Is that true, or is it just beginning of the year? Doing, if you're doing it by hand, like so, you know, they, you can technically go to Staples and buy a little mileage log book, and you can write your, you know, it'll have all the columns, and you can print out a spreadsheet. So if you're doing it by hand. You are supposed to write your starting odometer and your ending odometer. So hence, I am much like I'm all about apps and automation because they make our lives easier. And I mean, my husband, when he was tutoring, you know, he was going to people's houses. So he would and he's so much more organized than me, too. Right. So he had like his little spreadsheet printed out in the car on a clipboard and he would get in the car and he would write down his miles and then he'd get home and he'd write this. No, that's amazing. That's amazing that he's my husband's the same way. So okay, (laughs) so my IQ doesn't track you. It doesn't have your speedometer, but it does. It's not necessary then to use. 
what it does when you're signing up, it'll ask you like, what's, you know, your odometer reading right now. Oh. And so it, it has a gauge it knows. And what the point, the reason that it tracks all of your mile, like all your driving and not just your oh. business mile is so that it knows, okay, when we signed up for this app and we hit start, like I was at, you know, 56,000 miles on my That's car. So good. And I've been driving all over the place, which, you know, it's kind of neat, too, just to see, like, how much do I actually drive? Like, how much of us actually pay attention to that between, like, all of our running our kids around and shopping trips? And That is so cool. I really like So how much is the app? Like, do you, I think it has a monthly recurring fee, huh? I think it's just. No, my brain is. Like, oh, it's okay. I'm gonna totally. I'm gonna link. It up. Yeah, I'll I'll send you. There's a link, and I, as an accountant, um, I have a, a link that gives people twenty percent off. How cool! So, I'm totally getting it. Okay. Yeah. So, so ladies, it's very, very cool. I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to write up the show notes and send you an email on Wednesday morning with um all the links and juicy apps app names and links to that. So, <laughs> Melissa, we're not done. We still have a few more questions. I'm so sorry, sweetheart. Oh, I, I've got time. Uh, Cece, it's so good to see you, sweetheart. Welcome to the Mompreneur Show. I don't think I've seen you here before, so it's so good to see you. So Cece asks a question. If my husband has a contract labor business and I have an Etsy home business, do we need two separate QuickBook home business accounts? Yes. Because you're going to be doing two different schedules, Cece, and I know who you are. <laughs> yeah, so you want to be keeping track of them separately because each of them is a very different type of business, right? So, for every, you know, people are worried like, okay, I have a coaching business, but I'm going to start, I'm going to write a book, and do I need, like, is that a separate business having writing the book? Or you can lump a lot of things under one business, but. Um, as the, if the industries are very different, then you want to keep them separate. So it's like you have two different businesses. Okay. So there's the independent contractor, you know, service business, keeping track of that, because that's going to go on one form. And the form that if you're just a, a solopreneur, you haven't incorporated or anything, the form you use on your taxes is called Schedule C. So you're going to file one for him and his business, and then you're going to file a separate one for your Etsy business and all of the things that you're doing. Okay. Really, really, really interesting. Thank you so much, Melissa. Um, Cece, let me know if Melissa answered your question. I'm sure she did, but thank you so much for asking and for joining us today. Um, Renee asks, can you submit a 1099 on a contractor without having their social security number? Oh, that is such a good question. I know right now everybody's freaking out about 1099. So, do your best, best, best to get their information. And here's the thing. There are some pretty hefty fines that the IRS will impose on them for not giving you their tax information. And technically, yes, you can file the 1099 with just their name. And you can um, tell, you know, basically write a note that they refuse to give you their social security number. But no matter what, like, you cover your bottom and <laughs> do what's your duty, which is to issue the 1099. Now, the one thing that a lot of people don't know about 1099 is if you paid this contractor with your credit card or your debit card as branded as credit and it went through like credit card processing, 
you don't actually have to send them a 1099. It's the credit card company's job to send them a 1099. Oh my gosh. I've never heard this, but mind blown. Mind blown. But hold on. The credit card companies actually never do that. That's because there's this. So our responsibilities, if we pay someone over $600, we have to send them a 1099. The credit card company, the rule for them is if they pay someone over $20,000, they have to send the 1099. It's called a 1099K if it comes from a credit card company. So it's a weird gap. And it's something that all of us tax people are like, come on, IRS, like catch up with the times. That's very interesting. So if I have a VA on my team and um, I, you know, she sends me invoices and I pay her and at the end of the year, beginning of next year, I still have to send her a 1099, even though everything was invoiced and everything. No, if she, if you, so if you paid her with your credit card instead of your bank account. So I like, this is how I kind of, the general rule is. PayPal. If you pulled out, yeah, so PayPal is also a, a card process, like a merchant yes. service. So it's their responsibility. So if you pull out your card and it comes off your, like, card, then you don't have to issue the 1099. If it comes out of your bank account and you're typing in your bank, you know, routing yeah, thing yeah. number, then you have to send the 1099. Okay, hold so on. This is getting... I know. It's totally confusing. So, but, okay, but if it pulls from my PayPal balance. Then it's usually PayPal's job. Okay. This is... you, can, and you can always, you know, if, you, if when in doubt, send the 1099. And if they go, oh my gosh, I got it duplicated. I don't know what to do. Then you can fix it from there. The, the idea of not sending it from our side if we paid, especially with our credit card, is that we don't want them to get a 1099 from you saying, okay, I paid you, say, $1,000 this past year. And then another 1099 from their credit, the credit card processor. So, like, you know, if it was PayPal or Stripe or something like that, getting a, a another one that says that you got $1,000. So then it looks like they made $2,000 when they only really made 1000 so that was the idea. And that's why a lot of us have been changing how we do stuff. But again, the IRS is slow to catch up to modern business practices. So it's a little bit confusing and janky. That's very, very interesting. Thank you so much for sharing. And Renee says, same with PayPal, right? If you used PayPal. Well, yeah, Melissa, you practically answered the question. Yeah, pretty much. Like if you use PayPal and what I'll do a lot of times, Instead of sending an official 1099, just send an email or a letter saying like, hey, just to remind you, this is how much I have on my records that I paid you last year. I don't believe I have to send you a 1099 because it was through this. If you don't claim this income, you're going to be having problems. But it's not my responsibility to send you a 1099, basically. Wow. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. And Maya had a question. Um she sent it to me via email and my phone completely died. My phone is being so ridiculous oh, no. right now. So, uh, Melissa, I will post it below if there's like any way that you can just take a minute and answer real quick. Oh, yeah. I would really appreciate it. All right, Melissa, thank you again so much for being here and answering all this great questions. Just before my phone died, I noticed, um, someone post, who was it? Someone post, um, this is such great information. Wow. Like they're really impressed. So Melissa, oh my goodness, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for giving us your time and your knowledge and your expertise. 
Oh, it was wonderful. I love sharing with you guys. And I'm happy to hop into the chat and answer questions after we go off live. So I'll hang around a little bit. Thank you so much. And before I let you go, where can we find you? And I think you were telling me about this really cool thing that you have to uh, give away for our audience. Yeah. So um, right now you can find me. My website is melissawhaley.com or whaleybookkeeping.com. They both kind of go to the same place right now. And if you go to um, melissawhaley.com slash deduction, I have a um, free training, a video training right now for just helping you understand even more the business deductions, what you can and can't deduct. And so you can get that for free by going there and just popping in your email. How cool, Melissa. This is really great. Thank you so much. And I will make sure and uh, put everything in the show notes, ladies, so you can just click a link without having to scramble for a piece of paper, especially if you're driving. All right, Melissa, again, thank you so much, sweetheart. You have been amazing. Thanks, Vicki. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Ladies, thank you so much for being here on the Mompreneur Show. I hope that, I mean, I know, I'm not even hoping, I know that you got so much out of this episode. Melissa was incredible. And I, I'm so thankful that she she never said, well, um, I'm not a professional. You have to hire me, blah, blah. You know, like a lot of times I feel like we run into these situations where you ask a professional like for advice, especially like maybe on a podcast or on a show like this, and they kind of like back up a little bit and not give you all their juicy information. And I think that Melissa did that so beautifully and she she gave us information. She really helped us and, and shared her incredible wisdom. So thank you again so much, Melissa. And ladies, if you have any questions for Melissa, be following after this video. Video. Melissa, oh my gosh, you're gonna have so much work. Um, so please let me know in the comments. Just put your question in the comments, and Melissa will be here. Maybe for for she'll be around to answer a couple of questions. But make sure you do that if you have any questions, and go on to melissawhaley.com or Whaley bookkeeping.com and that's Whaley is W H A L E Y book keeping.com with two K's. Thank you again so much. I'm your host, Vicka Lashenko, and this is a show that helps you win in business without losing at home because I firmly stand that we women, we can have the business, we can have the success, but it's so important that we also have our families because if we win in line, online and in our businesses and lose at home, to me, that's failure. So I really hope that this show inspires you and encourages you to go for your dreams, but also not forget that your family is always number one priority. All right. I will talk to you later next Monday. We have an incredible show scheduled. So I'm really, really excited for that. So please join us every single Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern right here on Facebook Live. And I'm going to have to say bye-bye. And I will speak to you in the comments below in just a minute and live on Facebook next Monday. All right. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye.